Life is magical. Welcome to Magic Monday. I'm Tess Whitehurst. And I'm Natasha Levenger. And this is a podcast about all the ways we experience and use the magic of the universe in our everyday lives. Hello. Hello and Shana <laughs> Tova. It's Rosh Hashanah. Oh. oh, yeah. It's t- Sh- Shana Tova. Did I say it the wrong the wrong way? Um, I watched a YouTube video about how to say it right. How did they say it? <laughs> Shinatova. Oh, shoot. But you, you would probably I know better than I. Sh- no, I'm a really bad Jew. I'm probably the worst there ever was. <laughs> I think it would sh- it's a shame because, you know, my mother grew up Orthodox. So she celebrated everything and taught me nothing. Oh, I mean, well, I think there are many ways to say it. I think I just listened to the first one and she was like talking I about see. a lot of different dialects or something. I thought it was Lashana Tova, but... Lashana Tova? Yeah, mm. it's probably... You're probably right. Gosh, I don't know. I did I'm my best. I'm probably wrong. I did no, no, my no. Best you, I'm honestly saying, no, 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 <laughs> I failed. And I'm worse at failing because I should know. Well... Happy New Year. I mean, I thought I was saying, yeah, Happy New Year. (laughs) Happy Jewish New Year. Um, I will say, like, I didn't know I was Jewish till I was 21. So, really? Yeah. You didn't know that story about me? No, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, it was partially my ignorance, but I was raised, like, I went to chapel school. I was baptized. My mother talked about Jesus, how much she loved him. Um, and like one time, I didn't realize like being Jewish was like part of who you are. Like it's more like a, it's more than a religion. It's, yeah. you know, it's like a culture. You, yeah. It's a culture, definitely a culture, but also it's like genetic. Like yeah. when I test in the, um, 23andMe, I was 96.6% Ashkenazi whoa, Jew. Whoa. Oh, yeah. I'm like full Jew over here. And yeah, I was like, I went to, um, yeah, I went to chapel school, Sunday school, the whole thing. And she just didn't even mention it? That well, you're Jewish? One, okay. See, the, my point was like, I didn't, I thought it was like you choose a religion. Uh. So, like, my aunt one time picked me up from Catholic school. It wasn't Catholic, but it was like High Episcopalian in New York City. And she was like, you know, you're Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> and she's like, your Uncle Otto's Jewish. And I was like, so? And she's like, you're an Evelyn's Jewish. Like, she just started going through uh, the whole family about how everybody was Jewish. And I was like, all right, well, good for them. Like, they can be whatever they want. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> but I'm clearly yeah. Christian because you just picked me up from Episcopalian school. But, um, yeah, so I didn't really. And then I forgot about that conversation. And actually, there was one other time that my mom told us the story about how she was raised Jewish. Are you okay? You yeah, I just thought maybe I heard my phone ding, but I thought it was off. It's off. Oh, okay. Okay, go on. Um, Just like she thought she didn't want to be, she loved Jesus, so she um bought this gold cross. And then she was like, oh, maybe this is bad. So she went to flush it. She was telling this to me and my brother and when she was young and it didn't flush. And she was like, and that's when I knew it was a sign. <laughs> I was supposed to oh be Oh my Christian. gosh, that's hilarious. And, and my brother was like, you didn't take it as a sign that gold doesn't flush. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hysterical. She just like ignored that. But anyway, so I didn't know in the sense that like until actually I met a bunch of 
people that went to Brandeis when I was 21. And I was amongst my people and I was like, oh my God, I'm Jewish. <laughs> like oh. I suddenly realized like, because my mother, my parents are like, not just Jews, but Jews from Brooklyn and the Bronx. Like yeah. they're like basically out of a Woody Allen movie. My mom's now dead, but, um, and like I had one boyfriend that met her and then he was like, I can't believe you didn't know you were Jewish. <laughs> She's like, I know, so, but she was just my mother, you know, like I didn't. Anyway, we really got off track there, but yeah, so I wasn't taught anything. If anything, the only, like, it was just all cultural, like bagels and locks we always yeah. had and stuff. And, like, she spoke a ton of Yiddish. Huh. But, and she just yeah. probably thought, didn't she thought you would know and she didn't have to tell you. And, that right. that's, like, part of. That's fascinating. Yeah, that it's, like, a, you know, it's not just, like, you choose. Because, you know, you choose to be different religions. Right. Like, you can choose to be whatever you want. Yeah, anyway. So that that's so that story, people. Really <laughs> off track. <laughs> Hopefully it was interesting. Um, so this week we like to we always like to check in from our cards. Oh, this week also we have our a guest who we are so excited about, right? Yes. We just kinda, we're gonna love this interview. Yeah. I think it was really great with Molly from Molly Kate Molly Seifert from Molly Kate Wellness. She's an intuitive eating coach. It was great to talk to her. I think you guys are going to love the interview. Yeah. And like I said on there, it's really just um, essentially kind of like the food and diet part of what we talk about here in general, just like in, you know, expanding how you eat to listening to yourself and what you need and what you want and um, having more um, trust over your whole autonomy over yourself right mm -hmm. including diet yeah yeah trusting your body to tell you what it wants and how it wants to you know what a healthy weight is for it mm -hmm. instead of trusting diet you know culture. diet culture yeah experts mm -hmm. so-called yeah. experts so last week we chose a couple cards um i know i my card was like about facing the truth yeah it was truth be told Mm -hmm. And mine was something about like lightening up or light and finding a balance with lightness. Oh, and a lightning. There'd be a lightning, right? No, was that, that was the before? previous week. Yeah, no, <laughs> <Okay>. this, <laughs> this was like air and balancing the air and water elements sort of. Oh, okay. So what about you this week? Did it? It was so great. So yeah. I felt this this week I felt Libra season really kick in, like so much balance and harmony. Mm. I ha and also, you know, Saturn went direct. Um, yes, I know. I forgot to mention that last week yeah. on the 19th because it's been like six months. Of yeah. Not. And I think mm -hmm. that is part of it too, that I haven't felt this amount of space around things for so long. Like mm. I have just felt like, okay, to-do list, like every day, here's all the things to do. And then by the end of the day, maybe I finish them all. And I just mm. like magically felt like on Monday, like, oh, I can write and work and do all the things on my list and relax. But mm. the truth be told thing was really a part of it too, because on Monday of last week, I was, I started out kind of depressed. Like I was kind of like, I just want to sit around and read. I need another day of relaxing. I don't want to start working. And then Ted was worried that I was depressed. He was like, are you yeah. not working because you're depressed? And then I was defensive. Mm -hmm. I was like, you think I'm being lazy? I just need another day off. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then 
then finally I was like, okay, I'm just going to look at my book. And I did at the book I have been working on. And I realized it it, it was actually fear that it wasn't good because I had just started it. And when I sat down, I was like, oh, it was just this horrible feeling. Like I've been working on this book and it's terrible. And then I was like, yeah. oh, wait, it's great. I love it. I'm so excited about it. And then that was like when everything turned around. So I felt oh, like that wow. was truth be told. Like, yes. is it really that you want another day off or are you afraid to look at your book? Mm, <laughs> you know? Totally. And that's such a natural process of the creative process of writing. It's like, for me anyway, it's like, I'll be writing. I'll be like, this is the best thing that anyone's ever right. seen and then the next day I'll be like oh my god this is terrible totally. why did I even bother and then the next day I'll be like oh this is fine it just like goes <laughs> totally. up and down it. yeah well I had more of a rough week mm. well it was interesting because I had that truth be told card and, and my reaction to it was actually like I face the truth in everything why uh. <laughs> I don't this is a weird card. And then I went to my first Maven circle. Oh, yeah. Which was really nice. It was really great. I liked it a lot. It was just like a nice little ritual. And then we each picked a card. And um, the card that I picked was bats, which also was about bringing light to the truth that you're not facing. So mm. I was like, okay, clearly there's some message here. Um, so without going into too much detail, just because it's boring, I just like looked at some, some stuff started coming up that I was like, okay, I need to look at it and, and deal with it. Um, and then it went away, you know, like it healed, but then I had this like real, I actually, what happened was it allowed me to allow anger to come up. Oh yeah. Cause you posted which, about anger. Yes, I did. Um, and I, cause you know, a lot of times I'm like, I'm just not an angry person. I don't even feel it. But I was like, well, what if I do feel it? And so I was just letting it come up. And I actually had a really terrible experience with a gynecologist, oh. um, who, um, I wonder how much, I kind of want to tell a little bit of the story just to help people in the sense of like, like if I hadn't advocated for myself, this could have gone a really different way. Oh. So maybe I just want to share it maybe as like to help people to know like you can not that I don't know who needs to know, but just in case someone needs to know this, um, the, I'll try to tell it in a short way, but basically I was getting my, I got blood work to get my hormones checked and, um, to see like, am I perimenopausal or not? And, um, the, um, I, the doctor didn't even call me with the results. She just like wrote me this note on the patient portal that I didn't even know was there. Like I had to check it. And she was like, well, you're not perimenopausal, but this one thing is off. Wondering if you're doing something to create that. Hmm. Okay. See you at your oh, checkup. What? <laughs> it was just like, yeah, exactly. And we don't even have a checkup scheduled. So it was just like, okay. So I called the office. And I was like, I'd like to speak to the doctor. And then she was like, well, you can talk to the nurse. The doctor doesn't really take calls. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So then the nurse was like, yeah, you just need to write her because, or you can schedule another appointment. I was like, I don't want to pay for another appointment, you know, just to have her go over this blood work, which would take like five minutes. And like, isn't that the point of blood work? They're supposed to tell yes. you what's going on? Yeah, like I have to pay more money to then talk about the right. work. So she was like annoyed with me that I was pushing back a little. I was like, well, I would like to talk to her. And she's like, well, you can 
right? Or I was like, fine, I can write her about this one question. But then I was like, I'm curious about this other value. It says like, I'm this amount, but it, it depends on where I am in my cycle. I, you know, am I normal? Does that make sense? Like uh -huh. I was asking like, and she's like, what, uh, you know what? You don't need to n understand that. You just need to understand you're normal. Like she completely blew me off. Like I'm trying to take control over, you know, understanding right. my, it's my body. And yeah. she's like blowing me off. Yeah. That, and like her impatience. I mean, you might yes. as well explain what is the test but results. I think she didn't understand oh. either. But the point is, like, I'm sitting here, I'm a vulnerable, you know, when you're a yeah. patient, you're vulnerable. Yeah. And you need some, it's hard. Anyway, long story short, I told the doctor about this nurse. And she was like, this woman is the nice, her reaction was this. And I said it nicely. And she was like, this woman's the nicest person I've ever met. So if she was condescending to you, then she must just not have felt comfortable giving you information. <laughs> And I was like, so then I said, I don't feel, it doesn't make me feel safe. And by the way, this is all an email. I go, this could have been a five minute discussion right, on the phone. Right. I was like, I don't feel safe with you when you are just defending her without taking into account that I might have had a different experience. Yeah. And she did not even respond to it. Ugh. She just ignored it. So I just allowed for healthy anger. Yeah. <laughs> and really what was coming up was my inner child felt dismissed. And so like once I like dealt with her, my inner child and like really soothed her, then I felt calmer and I was able to write that more like measured email to her, which would have actually been like really like angry, you know? Yeah. I'm sorry that happened to Thank you. Thank you. It's really weird going, like entering this new phase as a woman, this transition, because first of all, most of my friends are a lot younger than me. So I don't really have a lot of, I feel like this happened to me when I had a baby too. Like a lot of my friends didn't, no one had babies except for the people I went to high school with. And I wasn't like as in touch with them. And it feels like, again, like I'm in this alone and I have to figure this out and figure out all this information and what's going to happen and educate myself because the patriarchy doesn't really, <laughs> doesn't value menopause. Like no. they don't put money into it. No, there, there are a couple of really good books about menopause. Have I already told you about yeah, this? And yeah. And I have bought a lot of books. I've read oh, a lot. Okay. And I actually okay. asked Brett to, Brett's reading one of them. So oh. he's educated because I want, I was like, I want you to understand what's going Which on. Which one? He's actually reading the Suzanne Summers one. Oh, and I don't she know that actually, one. Yeah, she has written a lot about it. Um, and I do feel better, but it's just like people like this, like a doctor's office where like, you don't need to understand anything. <laughs> like, it's yeah. like, well, actually, oh, and at the end of it, she was like, well, I wouldn't be surprised if you were perimenopausal because you're having the symptoms and sometimes blood work doesn't show that. So like after all of that, she finally tells me that, which was just a real like confusing, you know. Like it, throwing I mean, you just a tiny bone about your tests that you went to get. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but also just like information. It's like, I just feel bad for people who have like real illness, like cancer or something. And if you're, you really have to be your own advocate. With it's your body, and you have a right to have people to have doctors and nurses who want to help you educate yourself. Mm -hmm. So, anyway, 
that was, um, I guess shedding the light, <laughs> getting yeah. the truth about my, about, um, uh, my health and taking control of it. And yeah. Oh, good job feeling your anger and speaking, speaking your truth in that situation. That's. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Crazy. Yeah. Anyway, so it does kind of go into a little bit of the energy report. With oh yeah, we're not going to do questions this week. Um, I actually don't even know if we have any, but we have a pretty kind of a longish interview. So, um, if you do want to ask us questions for next time, you can email us at magicmondaypodcast at gmail dot com. Yeah. And you can also, yeah, submit to, oh, well, that's later. I was going to say they can subscribe to our newsletter. But yeah, if you have any questions you want us to answer in here, that's where to do it. Right? Yeah. Is that the only place? Mm-hmm. I think yeah. so for and, now. And now, is it time for our interview? Oh, are we going to do that before the energy report and the... Did uh, we do that last time? I don't remember. <laughs> I thought it was in lieu of the questions, but we could do the energy report and the... Oh, yeah. No, magic. why don't we do the interview now? Yeah. Okay. So we inter- we'll do the um yeah, we'll do our parts after. So for now, let's listen to our interview with Molly Kate. I mean Molly Seifert at Molly Kate Wellness. Okay, so today we have Molly Seifert on our show and we're so excited. I'm just gonna read Molly's bio. And then we will talk to her. Molly is a food and body freedom coach who teaches women how to successfully stop dieting and feel confident in the skin they are in. Molly's favorite thing is to help women identify their unique gifts and magic and teach them how to really start feeling fully empowered. She loves watching women step into their power and stop letting food and body obsession holding them back in their lives. And welcome, Molly. Welcome. Yay. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm so excited. We are so excited to have you. Um, so we wanted to have Molly on because our show is, a while it's like on its face about magic and energy healing, it's really about knowing yourselves better, knowing yourselves well, listening to your intuition, expanding and um, and also intuitive eating has been a big part of our lives this year, right, Tess? Yes, such a big part of my life since we started the podcast because remember, Natasha, how you told me about intuitive eating and then I was like, mm-hmm. I wasn't interested. <laughs> I didn't want anything to do with it. And then I, you told me about the fuck it diet and I read it and then I was just like, I mean, I was shocked. It was like I was, I've been feeling like I'm being deprogrammed from a cult since then. Yeah. So it's been a huge deal and so much energy is freed up. You know, it's like yeah. we talk about energy work and magic in the show, like Natasha said, and everything is connected to that. So when you feel like more comfortable with sustenance and your body and you, know, you feel like you're, you have eaten enough food <laughs> and you feel like good about it, it has everything to do with, you know, manifestation and just joy in the world. Yes. A hundred percent. And I, you know, I don't know if you guys have noticed this in your life, but I feel like anytime I'm resistant to something at first, kind of how you were, right. you're like, nope, not yep. interested. <laughs> it ends up being something that I really need, you know? Often, and so, yeah. 
Totally. So if you're like listening to this conversation, you're like, nope, can't have this. Like maybe, <laughs> maybe that's something to look into. Yeah, yes, totally. totally. So can you tell us a little bit about like how you started and yeah, your journey to becoming an intuitive eating coach? So I will say that when I first started, um, Molly and I actually traded services um, mm-hmm. because I was like, I have read the book. But I actually, I'm not like Tess, I always say is like the Hermione of our show. And <laughs> I don't know if you read Harry Potter, Molly, but Hermione is very like studious and okay, is really the studious um, magic ma- magician. Is that what yeah. she is? Witch. 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 Yeah, witch. That's the word. <laughs> and, um, and I'm just like, I half read it and then I get the information and then I just like go from there half cocked. But, um, yeah. so that's why I was like really, I, I like classes more than I have the patience to like finish books a lot of times. So anyway, that's why like I love, um, I got so much from talking to you. It helped me to know like where I was on track and where I needed help. Um, and identifying things. It was just like really great talking to you. So anyway, yeah. let, tell us about you, like how you started. Yeah. So I'll, I'll tell kind of the medium version of the story. We don't have okay. to get into the long version, but, um, <laughs> I I have kind of a different story than a lot of people. I didn't really start getting deep into the food and body obsession until a little bit later in life as like a young adult. Mm-hmm. Um, it actually started for me when I started to have some digestive issues like midway through college. And so I, I had heard I had a... I was an RA, so the the woman who was kind of in charge of the building, she was gluten-free. Her husband had celiac disease, and she was like, maybe you should try going gluten-free. I know a lot of people feel better after going gluten-free. So for me, it really actually started with a totally innocent, like, I want to, like, feel better digestively. Mm. Um but it really just ended up snowballing into this obsession of removing foods. And when I got into grad school, I was halfway through grad school and kind of was going through, you know, quarter life crisis slash awakening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was in, in a career path where I was like, I don't think I want to do this anymore. I kind of ran away from home, if you will, to kind of get away from some conflict I was having with my parents. And I was kind of in the middle of a a big conflict there. Mm -hmm. Um, So went to grad school in Oregon. I'm from Chicago just to kind of um, get some distance. But while I was there, I met this like super elite grad school for athletic training, which was my initial career, oh, wow. <laughs> surrounded by these people who are like the best athletic trainers around. And I'm like, hey, guys, I don't think I want to do this anymore. <laughs> wow, <laughs> um, yeah. So it was just kind of like that was going on. I was like, I don't want to do this career anymore. And I have a lifelong history of being an overachiever, perfectionist, people pleaser. And so I just went that path of like, this is what I have to do. I have to go get my master's and have this career and build it mm-hmm. up and be super successful and mm-hmm. just kind of hit that wall of I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so unhappy. Like what's going on? So because Mm -hmm. I felt like everything else was kind of crumbling around me and I had already started to get really controlling around food, but it just like really amplified in that moment. I was like, I can't control anything else. So might as well control my food. And I was already in a, a smaller body, probably the smallest body that I had really been in. And I just wanted to lose another five pounds, which is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. But I was just like, 
change from wanting to feel better to wanting to lose weight at some yes. point? Yes, okay. it did. Yeah, it was just something that I was like, well, I can control this. Like, mm-hmm. let me – it really looking back was this idea of like, well, everything on my inside is just – I feel like it's crumbling emotionally. Like, I just don't know where to go. So let me like make the outside look extra perfect mm-hmm. so that everyone thinks I'm fine. Um, everyone thinks I've got my shit together. Everything, everyone's like, oh, wow, I'm so impressed. You're so fit. You have such a good career, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I just, I needed that external validation at that point in my life and still in some areas of my life now, if I'm being honest. Mm -hmm. Right. We all do. I mean, we're human, human, right. We, we like that external validation, but there was a point where I was talking to one of my best friends who actually two of my best friends had struggled with clinical eating disorders. Uh, when they were younger. And so I was talking to one of my best friends and she was like, you know, Molly, this, what you're saying, like really isn't normal. This relationship Mm. that you're having to food in your body isn't normal. And it was almost like a weight was lifted off of me, but I was also terrified at the same time. I was like, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, I have some sort of disordered eating. I don't know if it's a clinical eating disorder, but like what's going on is not okay. And mm-hmm. so ended up going Wait, to therapy. I'm sorry, to I just wanted to ask you about that for a second. How did it feel like a weight had been lifted off you? It was like the the weight of like, oh, like this isn't normal and I can remove this from my life somehow. Uh, like yeah. I can heal from this somehow. But at the same time was like, I don't even, I don't even know where to start. So it was kind of that like double-edged sword almost of – Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, relief, I, but also fear. Yeah, I feel like I don't know about you, Tess, but like, even though it wasn't, I mean, I feel like part of what kept me dieting was also because it is thought of as so normal. Yeah, like it's just what we all do. Especially for me, it came much later. It came after I was pregnant, which I got pregnant later. Um, I mean not that late, but like 36 and 38. And I didn't really diet before that. Um, I never thought about food. I mean, I just did not obsess about it. And so it came later and just, I just am identifying with that relief feeling because when I thought like, Oh my God, I don't have to think about this all the time. Yeah. It was such a relief. So anyway, just wanted to point that out because I feel like a lot of people may, like relate to that yeah. part yeah, of I it. Like it's the idea that you don't have to like, <laughs> you don't have to, you don't have to, and you can still be healthy. Yeah. yeah. The anti-diet culture was, I mean, it was shocking to me just because in this culture, like my family, and I have told Natasha this, but I was a gymnast and then I was trying to be a movie star when I was right out of high school. And it was just like, I was yeah. so immersed in diet culture yeah. that I honestly had no idea there was another way to be. It's just so Yeah, because we're trained to think that if you're not in diet culture, you're a fat slob, basically. Mm -hmm. You're unhealthy. Mm -hmm. There's something wrong with you. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, and sorry to interrupt. Just Yeah. yeah. So it's it's good to point out those things that people might might relate to. So and in that moment, I was like relieved, but also knew I needed help. So I went to see my first therapist. Um, it wasn't the the best uh, experience because I don't think I was truly ready for therapy at that point. You know, you really mm-hmm. have to be 
open to those things helping, but it did help mm-hmm. in many ways. And I had so many things going on, the, the conflict with my parents, my perfectionism, the food thing. Um, so it was really just a cluster of things that um, it was helpful, but not the most helpful bout of therapy that I'd had. So I graduated grad school, moved home, um, and had had given myself full permission around food just without even knowing about the fuck it diet or intuitive eating. I just mm. started eating all the things. And so that's when I started to feel totally out of control around food again um, and then kind of got into the more orthorexic tendencies. And for those of you that don't know, it's like an obsession around healthy eating. Mm-hmm. So I got into paleo and Whole30 and because everyone said, this is going to fix your food addictions and your mm-hmm. sugar addiction, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I, I related to that. I was like, yeah, I can't control myself around food anymore. And mm-hmm. so I kind of fell into that realm and eventually was like, this isn't sustainable either. I don't feel any less addicted to sugar. Mm -hmm. If anything, I feel more addicted. Mm -hmm. If I give myself permission to eat Doritos, I'm going to eat the entire bowl at the party, right? But Mm -hmm. I would never buy them. I would never have them at my house, right? Like can't (laughs) buy those things, right? And finally was just like, this isn't normal either. And I wanted to start health coaching. And and it's really funny looking back because my initial goal in health coaching was to teach people how to eat healthy all the time and never have cravings (laughs) and just be this health goddess, right? Like that Mm. was my initial plan. Mm -hmm. But I also kind of felt like I didn't have that under control. So I I held back on the health coaching Mm. kind of almost subconsciously because I was like, well, I don't, I still am binging. I still am feeling crazy around food. Mm -hmm. And then I got introduced to intuitive eating some way, actually probably in the health coaching realm. I saw other people were doing this and I looked into it and just had this moment of like, this is what I need and this is what I need to coach to other people. And so Mm. just kind of dove in head first and it has honestly changed the entire entire trajectory of my life. And so Mm. because of that, I'm just so passionate about teaching it to other women, because I really feel like kind of like you mentioned, like that food, if we want to get nerdy, right, the Maslow's hierarchy of needs at the very bottom, right, is food, sleep and water. Mm. If your body's still in crisis around food, we can't elevate to the other levels and feel safe and feel connected and feel that self-activation and do that energy work, right? We can't, we can't get there if our body's still in crisis. And so what I've seen for myself is just this elevating of myself, this like ability to fully express myself, be fully empowered. Mm. It's it's touched every part of my life. And so that's why I'm just, I'm obsessed with it, (laughs) honestly. And, and so I love, I love teaching. I love being able to empower women like through this avenue. Mm -hmm. What have you noticed like is the most rewarding thing? Like when you work with people, what is, is there like one thing that people, I don't know, gain from the most? Does that make sense? Yeah, I think one, well, aside from like starting to feel in control around food, like some of the first things I notice are people are like, oh my gosh, I totally forgot I had these chips in my cabinet or I totally forgot Mm -hmm. I had ice cream in my freezer, right? Those are kind of the first little wins that I, Mm -hmm. like big wins that I start to see. That happened to me and I could not believe it. Like if my whole life I thought I was a sugar addict. I mean, like I just thought like this is me. I cannot, I didn't understand people who could eat like two Oreos or something. I'd be like, no, that doesn't even make sense to me. I'm eating half (laughs) the Oreo thing. And like, that's just how it is. 
And now right. I literally like Oreos have gone stale in our cabinet. Yes. Oh my God. That's the best. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Well, so those are some of the, oh, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Tess. No, no. I, if you're still answering, I had a whole other question. So you go on. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, so those are some of the first ones, but really what I love seeing is people start to do things like go on more dates because they're feeling more confident mm. or, you know, start to set boundaries around, you know, their needs or their values in life and starting to be confident in that. And, you know, having conversations with people who used to drain them of their energy and being like, Hey, this is what I need from you and either take it or leave it. And like, that's what I I love seeing because that's that elevating, that's that empowerment that people get from figuring out the food stuff, which you don't even think about necessarily. You're like, I just want to feel normal around food. But then you start dating more, you start wearing more fun clothes, you start Mm. going out to cocktails with your girlfriends more often, having more fun. You start, you know, like I said, setting boundaries and expressing your feelings and emotions. And that's, that, that's what lights me Mm -hmm. up. And that was exactly what I was going to ask about because I was surprised. I mean, it's not, it shouldn't be surprising because everything's connected, but when I started trusting my body and feeling like my body wasn't wrong for what it wanted or for how it looked, then Mm -hmm. I did notice a shift in my relationships. Like I had a friendship that I had had for a long time that I suddenly was like, oh, this doesn't feel good to me. I haven't been speaking my truth in this because it was like a continuation of me questioning like, oh, I must be wrong. Like this, maybe this doesn't feel right to me, but it's probably because I just don't really know, you know, but then when I was like, no, I know my body knows and my body is okay. Then it shifted into that. So that was what I was going to ask was like, is that a thing that you notice that it spills over into other areas of life? But apparently so. I do see that all the time, Tess. And I think the reason for that is we are so uncomfortable feeling certain things in our bodies. And one of the first ways we learn to escape our bodies is through food and numbing and and other numbing ways, right? And when we learn how to get back into our bodies, as you guys know, our body is just a wealth of knowledge. And so when we're able to connect back into that, that intuition just comes so much more easily. And we can actually trust that instead of question it as it comes in. Yeah, that's a, it's yeah. just so amazing how connected everything is. It's really. Yeah. Do you? I mean, yeah. I feel like, oh, no, I just want to say, I feel like it's also connected to how diet culture, that is one of the messages of it. You don't know what you need. Your body yes. doesn't know. You yeah. ha- your body is going to tell you it wants things, but it doesn't really want those things. Mm-hmm. And so you have to question it. And you have to listen to all these experts who definitely know, but you don't. But then they're all saying different things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just, it's really crazy. And it just, it's amazing how clear it all becomes once you once you see it. Yeah. Totally. They basically tell you don't don't trust anything you feel, right? And that mm-hmm. I feel like this is part of my story, but I, I feel like this relates to a lot of people is you're also taught it through childhood by things being told to you like, oh, don't cry mm-hmm. or you should oh, yeah. feel mad about that or don't be yeah. angry. So we're we're started to we're, we start to learn very early on to not trust the things we're feeling. And then diet culture just jumps in and really feeds off of that. They're like, right. oh, we can make money off of this yeah. by telling them not to trust themselves and then confusing them like crazy by not giving them a solid answer. But the truth is, is that you already have the answers within you. But diet culture just knows how to make money off of that because yeah. they know that people don't trust themselves. Mm-hmm. Right. 
It's, I mean, it's, it, that's the capitalist way. Like it's the same with fashion. Like, oh, this is so out this year. <laughs> you know, like you don't know. You're so wrong. You know, yeah. like you have to right. listen to us and go buy a whole new wardrobe every year. Yeah. Right. And that also goes back to, yeah, the same thing with what's attractive. Well, what's attractive is like super, super thin. And that's the part for me that's the trickiest part because I, you know, I did this and I did gain weight and I am healthy, I think. <laughs> um, but mm -hmm. I did gain weight. And that is the tricky part for me is just this um, inundation of that of of the thin culture thin is attractive. And I am thin, so I don't even want to, you know, like I am thin, but it's like, that should say even for me who is thin, I'm now on the upper end of thin. <laughs> and right, and yeah. so I mean, like even yeah. that, so how do you, like, how do you coach people around that? Like, yeah. Oh, totally. It's definitely like the, I think it's what holds so many people back because mm -hmm. now that intuitive eating is so much more, you know, apparent and, and people see it, right? People know that oftentimes there is weight gain and that's what scares people. That's what keeps people in diet culture. Mm -hmm. um, so you're so not alone in that. I think it's very normal. And, and you even saying, you know, I'm thin, but now I'm on the upper end of thin. It's like our messaging, the messaging in society is like, be thin, but not too thin and be curvy, but not too curvy. Yeah, and like, right. it's just like, you can't, you can never win if you're mm -hmm. listening to society's, mm -hmm. you know, suggestions, we can never win. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so to kind of answer your question of how do I coach people through that? It, it honestly is like the, the intuitive eating part typically comes pretty easily, but it's that acceptance piece that is harder. Mm -hmm. So if, I mean, you're so normal for feeling that way. If somebody's listening to this, that's kind of in that place, like it's so normal. Mm -hmm. But what I really focus on with my clients is really getting some clarity around what are your values in life? Mm -hmm. What are your needs? And then the one I love to focus on is like, what are your gifts? What's your magic? And then really identifying those, getting super clear on them, which does take some work because sometimes it's like, I'm having a really hard time saying nice things about myself. Mm -hmm. um, but really identifying those, finding a, a, some of those qualities that you're like, yes, this really does truly feel like me. And elevating those areas of your life because here's here's the way I wish we could I could draw something and show you guys so I'm going to try to describe it um but think about drawing some just little circles on a piece of paper and one of those circles is you know vanity how we look what we think about other people and like what mm. other people think about how we mm. look right that's one of those bubbles and I don't think the goal is necessarily to completely remove that bubble because we're human, mm -hmm. right? Like I think it's really hard to totally remove that. But the other bubbles are like the other areas of your life that are your gifts, your magic that like people think of Natasha and they think X, Y, and Z, mm -hmm. right? People think of Tess and they think X, Y, and Z or myself, right? Mm -hmm. Really identifying what those things are and then expanding those circles. So it's less about totally removing that other bubble, but making it feel smaller because the other areas of your life are so expanded. Mm -hmm. oh, I like that. Does that, does that, did that, did I describe it well enough to yes. kind of get yeah. that image? <laughs> That's helpful to me too. I mean, I have that ups and downs too. Like when I do videos or when Ted takes my picture, um, I, for Instagram or something, and then I often will just be so critical mm. of my appearance mm. and my oh, weight. Totally. And, the, and I, I know logically I'm like, okay, this is, this makes no sense. Mm. I don't want to be in this mm -hmm. place. Like, I don't even really think that. <laughs> like, I don't even really think that. 
Mm-hmm. I just yeah. like think I should think that or something. Mm-hmm. It's just this really annoying. <laughs> but I think that really helps. Yeah. That helps so much. Yeah, I guess it's yeah. like a mindset shift just about like how much are you focusing on your appearance basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, totally. So, and then the last question I have, I don't know, Tessa, you may have another thing, but I just wanted to ask one more thing um, is I get, since I've been awakened to the conspiracy, I really does feel like a conspiracy theory, <laughs> it does. But, it does. Yeah. but I get so angry when I hear how prevalent, like Oprah is like mm. my queen and Hearing mm-hmm. her uh, talk about weight loss makes me so upset because, I know. Uh, and because it just feels like, oh my God, she's just playing into the thing, the game. So I guess this is kind of a two-parter. One, do you get angry <laughs> listening to people? <laughs> and two, what, ha- oh, I do want you to just quickly speak, if it's possible to quickly speak on this, um, on the health part, because a lot of people, like for instance, my sister, is like a dogmatic follower of the Furman diet, which is like eat to live, which is like she changed her blood pressure from doing this diet. It's extremely strict. It's vegan, no salt, no oil. Um, and she's older, a lot older than me. So, um, you know, it is like for her, she says it's just like all about health. So anyway, I just want to know what you want to say about or what you have to say about like fat and health. If that Yeah, yeah. No big deal. Yeah, good question. <laughs> so to answer your first question, do I get angry? Um, I I don't know that I necessarily get angry anymore. Mm. I did for a long time. There's definitely other things in my life that I still get angry about. <laughs> that could be a whole other topic that has to do with like the patriarchy. Oh, and yeah. Just, like, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's and, part and, of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that is part of it. I mean, so I'll be totally candid. The thing that makes me really angry because so I'm on the like curvy end of mm-hmm. things, which is desirable to a group of men that, you know, a a diverse group of men, but there are men that really like that. And so I get stared at and like gawked at and like, like cat called quite a bit. And I like start fuming, Mm. like it it makes me so angry. And I've actually been trying to like work on it. Like, why do I get Mm. so triggered by that? Did this happen when you were thinner, when you were in a smaller body? It happened less actually. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, and you know what, it may also have been because I also dated someone who like, um, like made me more aware of how many people were staring at me. It's almost like before mm-hmm. I wasn't paying attention cause I just didn't even think mm-hmm. about it, but I do feel like the like actual cat calling has increased. Wow. <laughs> um, but I get angry. Like I'm fuming mm-hmm. when it happens. Um, and so I, I've been trying to do some like self-work of like, okay, why does that make me so angry? Like I don't have to allow it to like actually impact my personal mm. energy. Um, so that's what I still get angry about. But in terms of, you know, other people talking about it, cause it's so common, you know, especially around women. I hung out with this new group of women who I felt like for half the time they were talking about how they needed to lose these 10 pounds or get Botox or this and that. And I was like, Oh, this is, this is not my, (laughs) not my place. Right. Um, but I think what is kind of helpful to remember is that people are only ready to hear those things when they're ready to hear them. Right. Mm -hmm. And we were all in that place before. So remembering that everyone's truly doing the best they can with the tools they have. Even Oprah. And the most, yeah, even Oprah a (laughs) hundred percent. And, 
And the best thing to do is just to focus on yourself and your energy and you'll have a ripple effect. Um, it might not be, you know, everyone around you instantly becomes an intuitive eater, mm-hmm. right? But slowly but surely that ripple effect will will start to take hold. And I think that's part of this whole movement, right? Like I always talk about how much money diet culture has for their marketing, mm-hmm. right? They have, it's a $70 billion industry. So of course their messages get out there and more people are influenced by it. The intuitive eating culture does not have a $70 billion marketing budget, right? Mm -hmm. So we we can only influence people through ourselves and that ripple effect. And so that's that's what we have to focus on Um, in terms of, I mean, talking, if you're in a situation in which people are talking about it and you're not sure how to converse with them about it, I just remind people that you have every option in the book, you get to choose how to partake in that conversation or not partake in that conversation. So you can, and I've done all of these options, right? I've done the legit, just get up and walk away, remove yourself from the situation mm-hmm. you can change the subject without even mentioning it, right? Be like, Hey, did you you know, see that TV mm-hmm. show, whatever. Um, you can make a statement that says, you know, I'm trying to not talk about those things in my life. Can we talk about this instead? Mm-hmm. And also, you know, say, hey, I'm doing this new intuitive eating thing, this body acceptance thing, and it's really impacting me in these ways. So start a conversation about Mm -hmm. it, right? So there's just such a wide array of ways that you can handle that. And you get to choose that in any moment. So um, if you're angry, then maybe the right option at this time is to just get up and walk away. And that's totally okay. Well, it's actually funny. And you're going to think this is ridiculous, both of you, but, um, and everybody else. But it's mostly, I actually really love listening to Howard Stern. (laughs) I find him very funny. But And he actually is like progressive in many ways, but he's so far back as far as diet culture. And it's really him that makes me so angry. Mm, (laughs) Uh, Mostly just Howard. It's mostly just Howard. Dang it, Howard. (laughs) That makes me so angry. (laughs) I mean, it's hard because, you know, I'm an animal rescuer. Cat rescuer's wife is a cat rescuer. And I, so I, and Mm. he's so good to the cats. And then he just like starts talking about women and their weight and like telling them like, aren't you heavy and mentions their weight. And I'm just like, Howard, shut up, stop it, stop it. And he's like that with himself. Like he starves himself. He talks about that. Oh. Oh yeah. Like he talks a lot about it. And I just want to be like, yeah, exactly. So, so yeah. Can you just like wrap up? Can you tell us about the health element of it? Because I think that's a lot of, you know, this diet culture pretends to be health culture, really. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Yeah. And the the wellness culture now is almost starting to take the form of diet culture. So yeah, when it comes to health, um, the thing is that like everybody's health is first of all, so individual. So to think that everybody should be cutting, you know, white foods out and cutting sugar out and like, it's just so much more complex than that in, but in a way that like you get to tune back into your body and figure out that complexity. And it's actually a lot easier than Mm. you think. Um, and secondly, I think we've been told for so long by our health teachers, our gym teachers, our doctors, right? That fitting into a BMI category is going to mean we're healthy. And that is Uh just so far from the truth. Mm. Our health behaviors are so much more important than our weight. Weight is a, um, it, it can be related to certain diseases, but we've started to believe that it causes certain diseases. Mm. And the research just truly doesn't support mm. that. But 
it was, I mean, it's kind of like uh, big pharma and cigarettes. Like there's lobbyists that like they're, they're in the government trying to get people support and, and they'll give money. So the government says, Hey, yeah, we'll, we'll suggest that to the people. Right. Like, mm. so it's just such a political thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but really a lot of the research shows that people in the overweight category of BMI actually have the lowest mortality rate of any group. Mm. Um, which is very interesting. Mm -hmm. Secondly, BMI was never even created to be a measure of health ever. It was not created for that purpose. BMI was also based off of white males. Mm -hmm. So there's like no diversity Mm -hmm. in it, which is really interesting. Um, So first of all, it was just never meant to be an indicator of health and it has turned into that, Mm -hmm. right? Like you see a chart at the doctor's office that has, you know, green through the normal BMI and then like red through everything Mm -hmm. else, right? Um, and they've also, I mean, health at every size is a great resource for this. So what I'm saying is, Mm. is being pulled from there, Mm -hmm. but a lot of the, um, they've found that for a lot of diseases, some extra weight has actually been very protective as long as those people are engaging in healthy behaviors, like moving their bodies, getting enough sleep, reducing stress, eating a well-balanced diet, but it doesn't have to be like a crazy rigid diet. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so it's more health is so much more about the behaviors than it is about the weight. And that's what needs to have. That's the shift that needs to happen in our mentalities. And I, I've, this is another, I'm going to try to describe this image as well as I can, but diet culture. So imagine like a circle and I've just divided it in half and diet culture has basically said that your health is about food and exercise. And so that's the circle. Food is on one side, exercise is on the mm-hmm. other. That's what we health Mm -hmm. is, right? And that's it. But what I try to teach to my clients and try to get this message out there is it's more like a pie chart that has so many different areas, Mm. right? And you, and that's the thing about health is that you get to decide what those areas of health are for you. So food and exercise are still going to be little slices on that pie Mm -hmm. chart, but they're not going to be 50% of it. Definitely not. So what else is in the pie chart? That's the cool thing is that you get to decide what else is in that pie chart for you. And that comes from knowing what your needs and values and just some of your biology and family history, Mm. right? So on my pie chart, there's things like boundaries. That's a really important part of my health. Oh, I see. You mean like, oh, okay. So like mental, mental, spiritual, the whole. Spiritual, Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Like laughter would be on mine. Mm -hmm. Laughter. Relationships. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Inspiration. Mm -hmm. Totally recharging, rest, sleep. Play. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So as we can, like, we're all jamming on, like, what would be on our circle, right? So, like, you get to decide for yourself, like, what's in that circle. So if you're listening to this, I would suggest drawing a big circle and a dot in the mm. middle and drawing lines away from that middle dot. And each line represents something else. So write something on that line. So sleep mm-hmm. or getting outside or moving your body or cats. Cats. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever, whatever is important to you and your, your life and your whole health, right? It's not. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. Yes. 
cat socks, you know, exactly. I mean, all the things that are important. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get it. I totally get it. So yeah, you just have to get clear on what those things are for you. And then what I love about that picture is that if it's only food and exercise on your in your circle, right? If those two things aren't going well in this mm-hmm. season of your life, you're like, I'm such a failure, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. I'm failing at life. But when you see like your health is so multifactorial, in every season of your life, it's going to start shifting. But I can guarantee you that you're at least doing one of the things in that circle. And you're like, okay, this is a really hard season, but I'm still doing this for myself. And you don't feel like such a mm-hmm. failure. Yeah, that's really helpful. Yeah, I think that it's it really is all about perspective. And so many people, mm-hmm. I mean, put that, I mean, we're just taught that our size, our weight should take up most of that circle, I feel like, as women, mm-hmm. especially. Yep. Yep. And even of our thoughts, yeah. like, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's just such a big, yeah, big thing. Yeah. But can I say one mm-hmm. more thing that isn't really a question? It's more of a compliment. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so Molly, when um, Natasha first mentioned you, I went to your Instagram so I could link it in the show notes. And I saw, I think the first thing I saw was a post that you had that was a, like your solution to when your clothes don't fit. And mm-hmm. you had like a before and after picture of you wearing <laughs> shorts that didn't fit and then you wearing shorts that did fit. And you were like, this is the solution. You go to the store and you get, I mean, I, I don't know how you phrase it, but you were like, you go get clothes that fit. You know, if your clothes yeah. are fit, go get new clothes that do fit. And it, you in the yeah. picture, you were like, before you kind of had a sad look on your face. <laughs> and then when your pants fit, you were like stoked. Yeah. And I, that really had such a positive mm. effect on me because I have since intuitive eating, I have put on weight. And even though I knew this, like as a feng shui consultant, this is one of the things about clearing clutter is if you have pants that don't fit, you get rid of them mm. and get pants that do fit. It's like I knew I knew logically this made <laughs> sense, but it was the way that your post was. It was like so joyful <laughs> and so ob- like in you you made this obvious thing just look so fun and it was and it went against like the other story that we Ugh. always see of the before and after the sad before picture. I mean, and then the happy after picture where someone is way skinnier. It was like, just like the, everything about the post was so awesome for me. And I did go get some bigger Yay. jeans and I am so happy in my bigger jeans. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that. It's such a common story. Women are always like, I just don't want to buy new clothes. I love my clothes. I'm like, I can guarantee you, you will find clothes that you love in a size that actually fits mm-hmm. you. You had an old pair of jeans that were your favorite pair of jeans. There's a pair of jeans out there waiting <laughs> for you to put them on your skin and you be like, yes, this yeah. is them. Right? Yeah. And just so, the whole act of it is like such mm-hmm. a self-loving mm-hmm. act. And it's like that same thing I was talking about before of, oh, my body is wrong. It's just wrong. This is the wrong size mm-hmm. for it to be. When it's like, no, this is the perfect size for it to be. So find some pants mm-hmm. that fit it. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> Just to give uh, your listeners uh, like a tangible way to like approach this when you're going to buy new jeans that's been so help for me, helpful for me. It's just such a little thing is to first of all, give yourself enough time to try on lots of different sizes and brands because they just fit differently. Like that's just how it is. But when you are choosing a pair of jeans, get it in like at least three different sizes and start with the largest size and work your way yeah. down. That way you're not putting on the size that you think you should be and being disappointed. Mm-hmm. You're starting, you know, at you're like any of these sizes could be mine. And you're just focusing on which one feels mm-hmm. best rather than which one is the smallest size. Yes. Yeah. That's really helpful. Love it. Yeah. I did that. Yeah. So go what ahead, is sorry. your. No, oh, no, sorry. go ahead. 
Oh, I just was going to say, what is your Instagram right now while we're talking about how awesome it is? <laughs> My Instagram is the, the handle or the username is just Molly Kate Wellness. Okay. Um, okay. So I guess we probably should wrap up here. Is there anything you feel like we missed that's important to know about intuitive eating or what you do? Mm. I just, yeah, I just feel like it's so important to share with people how life-changing intuitive eating really is. And you guys talked about thinking about it all the time. It's like, I call it the mental dashboard. Like your mental dashboard right now is full of thoughts about food and your body, or if it is right now, then that can change. You can clear out that space and just have some room to just breathe. (laughs) Um, And so that's, it's just, it's changed my life and I've seen it change so many other women's lives. Um, and if you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure you're into that deep personal mm-hmm. work and this might be kind of holding you back from really elevating into the space that you want to. Yeah. There's so, it really is. There is a lot of freedom that comes with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, yeah. We, yeah, we talked about those benefits. So thank you so much, Molly. So people can find you at Molly Kate wellness on Instagram. And are you anywhere else? Yep. That's my main platform. I do my website is mollykatewellness.com, but Instagram is where I where I hang out the most so they can find yeah, me there. Yeah, and she posts so many inspiring things like Tess said. You're just like a really joyful, fun presence there. And yeah. Thank yeah, you. and on our podcast, yeah, thank you thank so you much so for much, joining Molly. us. That was a delight. It really was. Yes, it's been so lovely. Thanks so much for having All me. All right. Well, (laughs) that was fun. Yeah. Welcome back. Yes. Welcome back. Hope you enjoyed the interview. So now it's time for the energy report. Okay. So uh, you had mentioned before that um, Saturn is... um, went direct. Yes. Which you're really feeling. It's funny. I really, I felt it when it was retrograde, but I did not feel it. I'm ready to feel it go direct. Well, I have a Capricorn rising, so, and that's Saturn ruled. Uh, so I think it was just like, ah, oh, the limitations I, are lifted. I can really feel it. Yeah. Well, there's a new moon now. People listening Monday, this will have happened Friday before you. There's a new moon coming. But I was reading there is some kind of astrology coming up before and after the new moon that's a little bit um wonky hmm. a little hard let's see here. because what i, I think saturn is square oh with a bunch of planets so it makes it a little harder i was reading that on chani nicholas who i love do you ever read chani yeah nicholas? yeah um, i'll put a link so perhaps that's what's going on. But one thing I've noticed this week is um, a lot of, uh, it's been a theme completely, including with myself with this doctor experience I talked about before, is giving your power away. A lot of people have been giving their power away to mm. people. It's really been to people um, specifically. So I'll just talk a little bit about that real quick. Um which one, what I realized is the quickest way, I mean, I've talked so much about in the past about um, energetically doing things to get your energy back to you, which is really, really helpful. I'll just say it again. You can simply call your energy back to you. You can use your ownership cords that I've talked about in the past. Um, Maybe I'll talk about them again another time. But um, 
And um, just if you don't know about the ownership cords, just saying hello to your grounding cord, which is at the bottom of your spine, goes to the center of the earth. These kinds of, and saying hello to it um, in present time at the center of the earth and letting earth energy come back up and filling up with gold light, really saying hello to the outsides of your aura. You know, so you really feel like, oh, here's my energy. Um, and also just really checking in with yourself. Like, it may sound silly, but just even saying like, oh, hello, feet, like, hello, hands, <laughs> like yeah. really feel. And so that on a body level and then on a being level um, or like a feeling level, even like checking in a lot. What am I feeling? How do I feel right now? Um, where do I feel it in my body? Doing these little things just it can take us like a minute but it's real helpful if you're an empath who feel especially if you're like in a situation where you're maybe obsessing about somebody else um to really come back to yourself what do I need okay yeah is like checking in your feelings but the big thing I think is really inner child work is the quickest way to call your energy back to you because your inner child, if you're obsessing about somebody else, then you are giving them your power and there's something that you need. And what I said to somebody today, there isn't a, like, say this person's name was, um, George. It's not George. Just so you know. But- <laughs> <laughs> Could be anything Could be. else, but not Mi- that. Let's definitely not George. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. <laughs> okay, let's say Mr. or Mrs. X, okay, that you're obsessing about. There's not a Mr. or Mrs. X shaped hole inside you that you need filled and you're not going to be complete until Mr. and Mrs. X fills that hole. There's something inside you that you're not giving yourself and that's why you feel this hole. Yeah. It's never about the other person. Never, 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 no matter how much it feels like it. Even with this doctor, you know, um, that I talked about earlier, I was so mad at her and the nurse. But what I really saw when I checked in with my inner child was she felt dismissed and not heard. And this came from um, my childhood of not feeling hurt. So it was like extra triggering. So giving her that love and like, I'm here, that's hard, you know, witnessing it and then affirming her, then I just calmed down instantly. I didn't actually need that doctor to be like, oh my God, I was wrong. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. You actually, in a way, needed that doctor to do exactly what that doctor did so that you could learn the inner child uh, lesson even more, you know, like just practice it even more, step into that power even more. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Because I also had um, a client this week who was like, I thought I'd healed this, you know, but Yeah, what do you think about that? As I'm curious. Oh, you, when people say that, I thought I'd already yeah. this. Yeah, or like when, you, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I if think, a problem resurfaces. Yeah, I used to, I remember in the earlier days of my metaphysical journey that I used to just be so frustrated when a, mm. when a problem would come back up because I think because I just, I was attached to the story, like it's gone now forever. I healed <laughs> right. it and it's over. And, <laughs> and, but it's like, now I just, I tell other people and I'm like this with myself too. It's just, you can be curious that there's another incarnation of it coming up, mm-hmm. an opportunity to learn it in a deeper way, mm-hmm. to practice it in the world in a deeper way. And then that just takes so much. I feel like freaking out about like, oh, I thought I healed this. This should be over. Yeah. Like that's the worst part of it. When you instead yeah. just kind of like 
allow it like, oh, what's this? You know, like, let's Mm -hmm. look at this. It's a, it's a different energy. It takes so much pressure off. Yeah, it really, yeah, curiosity. That's a great way. Yeah, it really does just keep you stuck when you start being like, I was, you know, I should have been over this by now. All that does is abuse yourself and keep you stuck. But growth, and I say this all the time, is a spiral. It really is. So if something's coming back up, it doesn't mean that you went back down the Mm -hmm. spiral. It just means that it needs more healing. Yeah. And you know what? More love. I think part of what's at the base of that too, when we get frustrated with ourselves for not um, being further along, I think there's a belief, uh, an, an untrue belief that we, that what we're shooting for is perfection. Like we are shooting for this, like, oh, I'm all healed now. I'm just like this new age superstar. All my, (laughs) my chakras are always open and nothing ever bothers me and I can manifest anything, you know? And it's like, that's not how it works. It's not the goal. If we're still here on earth, then we're here. We're going to be learning more things. That's why we're here. That's what we, that's what it's all about. Yeah. Yeah. We're not, I say this too. It's like, we're not computers. We're not like, oh, we fixed the bug, Yeah, you know, and now the the computer is operating <laughs> perfectly. <laughs> it's just, especially if you come from trauma, I mean, there's going to be things that trigger you. It's just like, yeah, that's what's going to happen. So anyway, I would say the quickest way to, again, I love my energy healing techniques. They do work and they do make me feel good, especially filling up with gold is an extra thing you can do. But I think that the quickest way to call your power back if you're obsessing about somebody is checking in with that inner child. Because if you're obsessing, that means that she or he or they have a need that is not getting met. And they think they can get it met from an outside source. Yeah. And the call's always coming from inside the house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's never gonna get, you know, we always think it's so easy to think like, oh, I'll feel good about myself if this person validates oh, me or right. this job validates me or that job, you know, that thing validates me if I get this, you know, whatever. Um, but it's really just, it's amazing. And it's actually such a great gift. It's always inside that you'll feel better. Yeah. And that's, you have the, the, power. that's the path of magic. That's owning mm-hmm. your power and stepping into it instead of being like, cause that's such a disempowered place to be. If all these yes. people validate me, if all these things go my way, then I will be happy or feel empowered or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Or if this person loves me, because usually oh, yeah. when that's true, it's your mother and father didn't you didn't get that love that you needed. And that's really what she needs now or they need now to get it from you inside the house. Yeah. So that is the energy report. Okay. Okay. Remember you wrote that song. That's exactly (laughs) how it's supposed to be. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So now it's time for practical magic. All right. So this week, so we are in Libra season still. We had the Libra new moon on Saturday. And now we, this week feels like a great time to look at your home and create the space for a harmonious romance. Mm, romance. Yeah. You've so been, we, you, you just gave me a couple of, um, what would you call those? Not winks, but eyes. Your eyebrows went up when you said practical <laughs> magic. And this time, how exciting. Yeah. So, 
yeah, so it's um, because Libra is ruled by Venus and oh. is also an air sign. Libras, if you know any Libras, often their houses are really relaxing and clear, open, fresh mm. feeling. And we can all tap into that. And it's also like the fall breeze or the spring breeze if you're in the southern hemisphere. If but, you're, I'm a Libra moon. Does, do you think it applies to that? Oh, yeah. It will mm-hmm. apply to your aesthetic. You mm-hmm. definitely are going to be really um, sensitized to beauty, physical beauty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 That's interesting. Yes. My Ven- where is your Venus? Just curious. Oh, I don't know. I'm not a house person. I'm not. I don't know where my house is. I mean, I've looked it up and learned it, but I forget. Oh, but don't you don't have like you don't know what sign your Venus is in? Mm-hmm. Not. I know. Oh, I know. I have known, but I don't know off you the top remember. of my head. I have Mine's it written Aquarius. down somewhere. It might be Virgo. I'll have to look it up. Okay. Please look that up. I'm kidding. <laughs> I will for sure. <laughs> okay. Um. So. So yeah, look at your house. Definitely, if there's any more clutter to be cleared, you're going to want to clear that. But harmonious romance would be creating the space for two. So um, so looking in your bedroom, making sure that it is relaxing and romantic. And also, whether or not you have a partner, if you want a partner and you don't have one, or if you do have a partner, you want to make sure that there's space on both sides of the bed if possible. And like a night, if you have a nightstand on one side, you would want to have one on the other. So there's like. No, what if both sides, both nightstands are taken up with one partner's thing? <laughs> yeah, that, well, that would be symbolic. Mm, like you would want to maybe take. All of my stuff is on both sides. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so maybe give Brett back. That would be something to think mm. about. Give him back his nightstand. He'd say he doesn't want it, but. Aww. He, I mean, he doesn't really use it. I have a lot of books and a lot of crystals, and he doesn't have a need for it. Well, but. you know, that might be how it works out, but it could, okay. you might, you know, everyone's different. <laughs> um, but it is cool. It is good in general in relationships. If you can, if each mm-hmm. member of the relationship, each partner can have their own space in the house that is just theirs, mm-hmm. that's ideal. I know not everyone has that, but. Um, mm-hmm. Other things would be creating like a romantic breakfast nook or a dining area. Mm. If you have a couple of two people live in the house or if you want to manifest a relationship, then creating the space for two wherever you can, like a deck with two chairs or a dining area with two chairs. And or if they're in a throuple, three. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and Whatever and, suits your romantic situation at mm-hmm. the moment. Certainly. And also imagery. So if you have um, a lot, a lot of pictures of one powerful goddess, that's fine. But if you don't have any pictures to balance that out of couples, then you Mm. might want to look at that. That might be representing something that's going on um, inwardly. And you might want to at least bring in one picture of a couple. But Mm. you also want to look at the picture and make sure that the couple seems happy and Mm. equal and joyful because I have seen that in, I've seen so many things in my feng shui practice, but mm. I've seen people who are like, oh, I have this picture of a couple in my romance area. Isn't that perfect? And then you look at the couple <laughs> and they look like they're just really not into each other. Oh, like they're no. too cool for each other or they're looking away oh, from each other. So you want to just really look at your imagery and make sure that it's um, 
it speaks to that feeling that you want to have in I don't think romance. we have any pictures of couples. I mean, you could also house. have like a couple of giraffes or like two trees leaning oh. toward each other. I mean, symbolism oh, can work oh, okay. in a lot of ways, but you need to tap into yourself. Like, does this feel like, mm-hmm. do those two palm trees feel like they're in a harmonious relationship? I say, yeah. You know? Yeah. We have a picture of a crow up that says, you are deeply loved. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Just one black crow. I got it for Brett because he loves crows. Oh, I love crows too. Aren't they great? They're so great. <laughs> Yesterday <laughs> when I was leaving, a turkey was about to cross the road and oh. then he turned around or she turned around and <laughs> went the other way and then there was a crow on the other side just standing there. I love I wild turkeys too. We have so many here. Oh, they're so yeah, magical they're, when you see they, them. They look like they're like dinosaurs. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Really I didn't cool. mean to no, it's okay. Practical magic. Um, so just one more thing you can do is um, if you want to put some extra magic, uh, Libra, romance, magic into your space, you could get two pink votive candles and put them on a dinner plate and then sprinkle some um, sugar around them for sweetness and light them. Mm, okay. So wait, is Libra... Romeo? Well, why are we talking about? It's ruled by Venus. So, oh, it's, right. And That's it's an air sign, said. and the heart chakra is connected to the air element. So, and, mm-hmm. and also it's the sign of balance and beauty. So, mm-hmm. it's like, it's just feng shui for romance is a good thing for Libra season. Oh, okay. That's great. I love it. Yeah. So, that's uh, practical magic for this week. That's a fun one. Um, okay. So, housekeeping. Do you want to tell them where they can find us? Yes, you can find us on Instagram at Magic Monday Podcast. You can find the show notes at uh, mag- or at TessWhitehurst.com and then click on Magic Monday. And you can find you can newsletter. email us. Oh yes, you can sign up for our newsletter when you go to TessWhitehurst.com and click on Magic Monday. You'll see a box that will let you sign up for our newsletter and you can email us at magicmondaypodcast at gmail.com yes and we will we are in talks for our website which is yeah, very exciting getting it going can't wait um yeah and you can find me at highestlighthealing.com and if you sign up for my newsletter you get a free guided chakra clearing meditation and or you can book a session there or you can find me on instagram at highestlighthealing and you can find me at Tess4444 on Instagram. And my Facebook is Tess Whitehurst Author. My Twitter is Tess Whitehurst. And my YouTube is Tess Whitehurst. And I wanted to mention that the 2020 Your Most Magical Year Yet Planner is available. Mm-hmm. And I do have a preview of it on my website that you can wow. check out. It's at TessWhitehurst.com and just go to the blog or you can go to the shop and find a little video preview I made of the planner. It's so beautiful. It's It's full color. It's got coloring pages. It's got spells. It's If you like the practical magic section of this podcast, you'll probably really like to have the 2020 Year Most Magical Year Yet Planner. I mean, I want it. That sounds very exciting. It's really cool. I love that. Uh, did you do that through Llewellyn or your? Oh, um, my friend Jennifer Joy did it. She did all oh. the designing and then she wrote original poetry for each month. And we've done this is our third year creating it. And she's so really she great. does that part. And then does she um, publish it herself? Yeah. Well, we publish it on Amazon. It's oh, okay. Through Create cool. Space. Oh, cool. Okay. And then you add spells and stuff. 
Yeah, I do all the writing. Nice. Oh, okay. All right. So let's pick our card for the week. Okay. All right. I'm going to just use good old Wisdom of the Oracle by Colette Baron-Reed. I'm using the Wisdom of Avalon by Colette Baron-Reed. Well, we have a lot of wisdom from Colette Colette this week. Okay. I'm going to pick. Okay. Hmm. I got reversed time to go. <gasps> I got letting go. <gasps> ah. Oh my gosh, you guys. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> you you want to go first? Yeah. Okay. So it was reversed, which is the production message. Even if it appears that you've reached the end of the line and all is lost, it isn't. You're in a situation that will resurface again later, so consider this a break rather than an ending. Destiny destiny is in charge here. You lose nothing and gain everything when you surrender to that fact. Your soul knows that your destiny is unfolding with perfect timing and synchronicity. Your small self has doubts, but that is natural, and it doesn't have the map of your destiny. The soul does. Spirit loves you. Trust that. Oh, okay. So letting go from the wisdom of Avalon is releasing attachments, expectations, and Mm. desires yet unfulfilled. These are some of the aspects of this card. When you receive this marker on your path, you're required to relinquish control and allow the mystery to act as she will to weave life together as it is meant to be according to the laws of the cosmos. You cannot force something to come or to remain if it is, if its true place is elsewhere. Remember that what is yours can never be taken away. Allowing is the key to this marker, for what is yours will come to you. The same applies to the past. This is the time to let go of old hurts, resentments, and unresolved anger, for they're no longer welcome burdens on the path ahead. Old and outmoded ideas about life, how you see others, who you are based on who you were— These must also be left behind. Then you can move forward, unencumbered, stepping into the magic of the new present that leads into the best possible future. Well, the message is clear this week. Yep. Let go. Let it go. (laughs) Let it go. Let it go. All right. Well, (laughs) thanks. Oh, goodness. My voice just cracked like a boy going through puberty. Have a great week, everybody. Oh, write us a review. Write us a review. Oh, yes. We forgot to ask. Yes. Thank you so much. Oh, sorry. You went away. (laughs) Thank you, everybody, for listening. Calls always coming from inside the house.